0: Coach, how you doing?
1: I'm good. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing well. Uh, how are you hanging in there with everything that's been going on?
1: Everything is, is good, man. Can't, cannot complain. Everything is uh, moving along as we're supposed to at this point. So everything is good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, well first things first, actually, congratulations on the baby girl on the way. I appreciate um, that. Thank how you. much longer do you guys have?
1: Uh, less than a month.
0: Less, wow. That's right around the corner then. Uh, right, right, have right. you guys locked in the name yet?
1: No, no, we have we're, we're around <laughs> three names, so it's down to uh, Morgan, Jordan, and Shay. So those are the three names. Right,
0: that... right. Well, in case you care, I um, I voted Jordan. So um, oh, you did? I, I voted Jordan. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> if no, that matters, my wife okay, my
1: wife will have veto power on that. So as soon as as soon as she lays eyes on her daughter, she'll
0: be able to uh,
1: you know figure out what she looks Absolutely. like with her, and then we'll we'll all. Rally around that decision and go from there.
0: Yeah, it's 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 funny you say that. So my wife and I, we have two children, and for our, for our daughter, our first child, we had three names. And when 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 we went in and the baby was born, we looked at each other. we were like, which name are we going with? And we went with a completely different one that wasn't oh, even really. On the- so, so yeah, when you see the baby, you kind of be able to make that decision. I'm
1: I'm gonna step out of the decision. Mean, I'm always gonna support the decision. I like all the names equally. Right. equally so. Uh, at this point, I will just, you know, support the decision. And she's got all the heavy <laughs> lifting, you know, I'm just kind of there. Yeah,
0: yeah no, that, that's very exciting. So, yeah, um, let's, let's get this thing going. Um, sure. You know, wh- one thing I enjoy, and I know a lot of others enjoy as well, um, are how successful people got to where they're at. And um, mm-hmm. one of my favorite podcasts is Guy Ra's, um How I Built This. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Oh, but, sounds- uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's um, it's a podcast where – um, you know companies like Instagram and Amazon all these big companies how they actually start and you get like the details to it okay so that's kind of what where I want to start where you know everyone sees your present position as an NFL coach and don't really know how you got there and you know how much time and hard work it took for you sure. to get there um, so you I don't know how many interviews you've done and how much detail you want to go into but just to start sure. this off for the people that aren't familiar with you could you just kind sure. of give a, a sure. brief sure. rundown sure. yeah on your, on your journey and where and you know how you got to where you're at today
1: Sure. So I, I, I grew up in a small town outside of Springfield, Massachusetts, called Agawam, and uh, I went to Boston University at first, uh, and they dropped football my very first semester there. So I wow. you was know, starting at X. I was really excited about you know being in Boston. I'm a big Red Sox fan, big Celtics fan. You know, and in, in, in the school I want to be at, really good business program. So I thought I had everything figured out. They dropped football, and then I transferred wow. to the University of Maine uh, with Coach Jack Cosgrove. You know, really good program up there as well. Um, was there for uh, three, you know, three years, three full seasons, and um, and uh, had a good career up there. I learned a lot. Had some really good coaches, and then I had an opportunity to go uh, to the New York Jets as an undrafted free agent. You know, kicked around the league, bounced around from the Jets to the Raiders in the practice squad, then active in Denver, then NFL Europe, then wow. got hurt, was out for you know, I was on IR for a full season uh, with Denver. Then I went uh, back to the Jets and then to the Saints. So it was four years and was hurt. And then I went back up to Maine, started coaching, you know, I still had school to finish up. So I took 27 Mm. credit hours, um, as a first year coach and I was the restricted earnings coach (laughs) made $12,000 for the entire year after I had graduated. after I had (laughs) about six months for $0 and, um, got my credits. Um, I ended up coaching the receivers and the tight ends while I was getting my degree. Um, so knocked that out in a year. And I went uh, to the, uh, the Naval Academy Prep School as the offensive coordinator uh, under Coach Ken Niamatololo in the Naval Academy. So uh, it was a really good job, good stepping stone for me. Uh, really loved that job. Loved the, the whole service academy feel. Loved the players, really disciplined. Um, awesome energy, good leadership uh, by Coach Ken. And uh, then had the opportunity uh, to go to the University of South Florida. And I've always talked about that as kind of being my, my big break. So, Coach Mike Canales at the time was the receiver coach, and then he got promoted to offensive coordinator. And Coach Canales was my position coach with the Jets, my second go-round there. Okay. So, he was comfortable with me. We had kept in contact, and that was a really good lesson. Because I knew I wanted to get into coaching when I was, you know, an average as pie receiver and a special team player in mm-hmm. the league. I knew I wanted to be a coach. I wanted to get the most out of that experience and that opportunity as I could. So I really um, was a sponge in those meetings. I tried to learn as much as I possibly could, not just about right. receiving play, but about O-line play and, you know, run schemes, zone schemes, you know, different things. I just knew that that would be, you know, an option for me, you know, when the NFL thing was going to uh, be over. And, and obviously at that point, when you're just trying to fight to make a roster, you yeah. typically know that financially you're going to have to have another job, you know, if you're Correct. a realistic person. and and you know, I'm very rational when it comes to, to those types having the ability to self-evaluate, and be self-deprecating and understand, right. like, you know, you're not just going to make it the day that you cash one game mm-hmm. check. You know, it's not all over. Correct. So I had a really good, a really good relationship with Coach Canales. So he uh, convinced Jim Levitt to bring me down for an interview at USF. You know, Jim interviewed me and then like 15 other coaches, you know, so wow. three weeks later. Um, I get a, uh, a call from Jim, and, you know, he's got that real raspy voice. He's like, oh, yeah, call him. oh, yeah, i got you know, out. i going <laughs> to hire you. And uh, how fast can you get down here? I'm like, well, I am in Rhode Island right here in Newport, Rhode Island. I can probably get down there in a day. So, you know, he called me on a Friday. I drove down on a Saturday. I was there by Sunday and, and working mm-hmm. by Monday. So that's kind of how it, we started to roll. Right. So I was there for three seasons. You know, I worked with Skip Holtz, too. He was the next coach at USF. I worked with him for two years. I uh, was with Joe Philbin with the Dolphins. I was the assistant receiver coach for three seasons. Um, uh, I got promoted in 2015 to the receiver coach and um, had an opportunity to go to the Bills. I went to East Carolina after the Dolphins' first season, went to the Bills, and now I've been with the Chargers for three years. I'm 40 years old, and you know everything uh, is oh, wow. going right. We're working hard, and we're trying to get better every day.
0: Yeah, I, I missed you by a decade. I'm down here in uh, Tampa, Florida. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, i trained some of the guys at USF, so it's a nice it's a nice little area. Yeah, that program.
1: You know, I really love that program and you know, I know coach Scott from Clemson, I've known him for a long time, coach many of his guys at this level. So, I'm excited about, you know, that yeah. program and what they can do and um, you know, it, it always will have a special place in my heart, you know, mm-hmm. at University of South Florida and Tampa in general. Um, I have family in Riverview and Bradenton and things of that nature. So, um you know i i always i always have a special place for you for us right
0: and and kind of back to um you know what you went to school for and everything was it i know you mentioned like you always kind of had an idea you wanted to coach but at any point was were you going to do what you studied in college or was it just like you know forget that i'm just going to go right into coaching after playing like that's what i want to do
1: that's a wonderful question and, and absolutely so i got out of um the saints training camp in 2004 and I went into commercial real estate for a brief time for a couple of years, you know, trying to get my body back, right. You're trying to, you you can still play and and all these things, you know, that period of time was very important because I realized that I didn't really love corporate America or (laughs) I I wasn't going to, I knew that I had to go back to school, finish my degree and then get into coaching. So it was something that, you know, it sounds nice sometimes depending on your personality structure Mm -hmm. your weaknesses you know, get into a, a business corporate structure or you know, do something like that, the entrepreneurship mm-hmm. or, or marketing or, you know, management or things of that nature, finance. I just, it wasn't for me, you know, it just, I left, I had a lot left competitively. And I have like information. Working, uh, you know, as a receiver under, you know Gary Kubiak was offensive coordinator. Mike McCarthy was offensive coordinator. Coach Shanahan was the head coach. Coach Gruden was the head coach. Herm Edwards, you know Paul Hack. I had a lot of really good teachers. You right. know, so I had a lot of information that I wanted to share because I felt like I knew so much more than when <clears> uh, I was a college player um, that I could share to the, the younger generations, and I, and I felt like I could teach it well. And uh, mm-hmm. and I and I love you know most of seven kids, and I, I love to to be around people and be a part of something greater than myself. So that's kind of how we got rolling. And, and that's really where we're at.
0: Yeah. It's funny you say that once, you know, when you, I'm kind of in that position right now where, you know, you go from playing, whether it's college or, or NFL ball, full-time working out and shaving and you go to work a desk job or, the, you know, the right. corporate America and you just sit down and you're like, what am I doing with my life? I mean, yeah. I, I, right now I'm a full-time graphic designer. And, and, you know, I went from college to working and just sitting at that desk all day, you're like, man, I, I you know, I, I could be doing something else that I, I really love and want to go, you know, go work and do that every day. So um, I completely understand that that shift over <laughs> yeah. from corporate America.
1: Yeah, not so, fun. Yeah, it's just awesome. it's not for everybody, and everybody has their own path. And and uh, I figured, you know, everything in life is accomplished with passion, and I had more passion. Mm-hmm even though the money was a lot less than what I was making, you know, at the desk right. job back to make zero, you know, for mm-hmm. this month and then 12,000 for the next year. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not a whole lot of money. Uh, so you, you, you know, the, the, the thing that I took from that is you better love it um, before you try to get paid doing a job like coaching. So right. m- most of the really good ones, I know they have similar stories
0: to that and that's basically where we're at. Yeah. Cause if, I mean, if you're doing it for free and you love it, you know, when you start to get paid, it's, it's even better. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you I can mean, do, there's, do there's a well.
1: bunch of analogies that say you find yeah. something you never work a day in your life, and all of those. That's true. You know, it's it is really true. true. I mean, now it still work, but um, in relation to doing things that you don't necessarily as enjoy, you know, enjoy as much. You know, working an eighteen hour day in coaching, you know, is a lot more enjoyable than working
0: an eighteen hour day in another industry that I didn't enjoy. Absolutely. Before. Yeah, completely agree. So, how, how many years total, um, if you even know, was have you been coaching?
1: Yeah. So I would say. Thirteen or fourteen in that range. So I started at 07. So this would be the fourteenth season. Is that how it breaks down?
0: Yeah, something like that. Close enough. Um, and my question yeah, for that you is, seven, you know, eight, nine,
1: 10, and then you know you add another ten <laughs> into it. That's fourteen, yeah. right? We're not going to count it. Right. Hand, correct. Now you correct. can see why I didn't go into business with the business. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, I hear you. So, so, so <laughs> over those years, um, you've been around a lot of coaches. Which coaches, um, whether when you were playing or just from coaching that you looked up to the most or learned the most from during your playing days or coaching and someone that you would recommend myself and others to check out?
1: Yeah. So there's a lot, there's a lot of them, you know, Um, as a player. So just, and I'll just kind of give you a snapshot of what I thought people did really well. And, And I took, you try to take little bits and pieces of, of yourself and and, and little tips from all the different people you come across. But I think Herm Edwards, he really treated people fairly. He treated people well. He had a really good personality and people liked playing for him. I thought that was important to understand that like you can be detailed and disciplined, but he just was a genuinely likable person. So it was nice to see that type of interaction. Um, And then going over to Denver with Mike Shanahan, he had an unbelievable uh, program where he had, it was in place. It was running. He was, uh, a great teacher, not just of the players, but also of the coaches. And he brought in so many great coaches, including Coach Lynn, into this profession. And guys I've worked for in the past, Rick Dennison, Gary Kubia, I mean, guys that, you know, really helped me in my, my career, um, you know, and Carl Durrell is my position coach, you know, so it just, I learned that, that surrounding yourself with other like-minded people, they can really bring your career up to where it needs to be. Absolutely. Uh, if you have really good teachers and really good men. So it wasn't just about like all the X's and O's. It was about treating people right and communicating, you know, and treating you like a man, treating you like an adult. So I thought that was fantastic. Coach Gruden was really demanding. He was very intelligent. So I said, wow, there's a side of it too. He had an edge. He was, he was funny. Um, so, I, you know, Coach Gruden was, was an awesome resource to me, even when he was living in Tampa and I was at USF. Mm-hmm. And the unbelievable amount of videos right. over there. Uh, care what day would come down to practice and the camps and things of that nature so you know coach Gruden was unbelievable resource from a uh, learning how to to be detailed and to learn verbiage you know things that were going to have to be tagged and shifts and motions and just the the, the detail of, of how you're going to call plays and why you shift in motion motion and gaining advantages competitive advantages mm-hmm. through different looks so you know coach was important for that and then. Going down to uh, the Saints, you know, learning, you know, Coach Hazlitt was head coach, but Mike McCarthy was the offensive coordinator then. You know, we talked about being, you know, an attacking style on offense and just, you know, giving quarterbacks checks. And uh, a lot of it was important too with having overpopulated boxes. We were doing things on the perimeter, you know, before RPOs, before RPOs were RPOs, you know, Coach McCarthy had, we had uh, those types of things that were built into the call. So, you know, not getting into bad plays, you know, and, and giving the quarterback, you know, ability and a receiver's ability to, to, to be involved in the backs of some run plays. Um, I thought he was very innovative and, and was very creative. So, you know, I took something from all those people, you know, as a player, and then when I got into coaching, you know, obviously Coach Cosgrove gave me the big break at Nain. Kenny Amatololo was an unbelievable leader at Navy. Jim Levitt taught me about work ethic and putting in the time, right. countless hours. So he, he started me, you know, in those inhumane coaches hours that, you know, everybody talks about. <laughs> he he was the one who taught me how to work the right way. Skip Holtz taught me a lot about how you how you raise a program and build from within and you know the philosophy about uh, a coach player relationship, the staff things of that nature. And coach Philbin was and coach Sherman were the the two that I was with in the Dolphins and they taught me how to be a professional football coach when it came mm-hmm. to detail naming your drills, uh, putting together a playbook You know, all the foundational work that we all rely on on a day to day basis and the same things that I teach all the young coaches, whether it's a quality control coach, you know, an intern or if it's a GA when I'm in college, their system uh, of the way that you need to put together a a visual playbook, the way you need to do things schematically, the presentation of football, um, just the, the way that uh, the, the attention to detail that I, I was taught at that right. stage, you know, I was probably in my, my probably 31 or 32 at that that time. And it was very, very important to have that, that foundation at that point in your life, because those are your habits that you develop. Of course. Um, and then, you know, obviously everybody else from there on out has been, uh, you know, obviously integral, but those are the ones that really, at that point, you know, that's where you have that, that foundation. we hit like about 34, 35, at least for me. Right. You no, know, that was like, okay, you know, I have enough now to where I can, I can do this and run my own room and, and teach other coaches how to run their own room, too. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the most gratifying thing when you have young GAs and stuff, and now they're assistant head coaches and coordinators and things in college, and they're running, and they're, they're, they're getting married and having big families. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's super gratifying, you know, to see them right. come from, a you know, the hourly employee rate, that $12,000. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, because it's yeah. cyclical, you know, I had people that helped me out. So you got to pay it forward.
0: Of course. Yeah. And, and when you get started, you're just a sponge. And then, you know, you learn and you put your own twist on things. And, um, you know, like with me with the train, I'm I'm learning that as I go too. like I'm watching other guys. I'm oh, I like that. Let me add that. Let me put my style to it. So I can only imagine yeah. over those years of just soaking it all in and learning from those great coaches. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's awesome to hear. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll tell you one thing too, about like
1: seeing, seeing your, your, your work come back to you, but better. So I coach Brian Hartline, um, at the, the Dolphins three right. seasons. So mm-hmm. now I have KJ Hill right. in our room here with the chargers. We took him in the seventh round. So, obviously like heartline took the things that he learned from me and made him his own, made him better. And then bring it in. And then you see KJ and then all these other young players that are playing really well in this, in this league. Again, another gratifying moment, like a proud pop You see one of the guys that you worked with closely that you really close with close to his wife, close with his mother, close to his brother, like people that, you know, and you mm-hmm. trust, and care about, and you see them developing players and have the same passion, energy, and enthusiasm for right. this job. <laughs> it's, it's, that's, that's super gratifying. And, and I didn't understand when I was younger, how good that would feel when you see somebody mm-hmm. as successful as Brian and some of the other young coaches that are yeah. now getting jobs and that you worked with as players and that you work with as coaches. It's very rewarding.
0: Yeah. Seeing it and just getting a message from them. Like, Hey, thanks so much. You know, I've learned so much over the years. It's just, like you said, it feels good. You know, that you help, you help someone else, just like someone else helped you. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And, and over those years, like when you started until now, how do you think your coaching style changed over the years?
1: Um, I think I might be a little bit more inclined to ask people what they saw and why they did what they did rather than just jumping them straight, straight away. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm a loud person and guys who play for me know I can get I can get a little bit uh, passionate about what we're trying to get done. So I think I've become a little bit more patient and become a better teacher and uh, have a little bit more interaction and dialogue about, you know, what they're seeing and why an error occurred and then trying to be proactive to prevent that from happening again. So I just think as you get older, there's no substitute for experience. You know, that's what Jim Levitt taught me when I was a first-year coach in 2009 at, at USF, so this is probably my third-year coaching overall at that time, you know, and he's telling me there's no substitute for experience. And I said, well, you know, I don't have experience. He went, well, you are going to learn. <laughs> you know, you have to keep it. Right. You're going to, have to, you're going to have to make up for it with work ethic. So I think that over time as the more you do this job. Uh, some of the tasks that were very difficult early on in your career because you didn't know where to start, you, are, you know how to start, middle, and end the project, you know, in a very efficient way that you can hand it to your coordinator, to your head coach, whoever's asked you to do it, you know, whether it mm-hmm. be combine analysis, free agency, you know, receiver manual, you know, you know, presentations, things of that nature, um, you know, a clinic, you know, where do you, you know, how do you put this together? You just know how to do it now. So that that experience is, is probably, you know, it just, you know, you'll get better at all these things that you're doing, you know, it's just the repetitions. It's just like any
0: more detailed too. Correct. Definitely a lot more detailed. I can imagine that. Um, cool. So, um, I'm just curious, what, what do you think are some of the most important qualities as a receiver coach?
1: Sure. So I remember you uh, saying these early on, I'm like, you know, Zach Taylor and I were two, he was the assistant quarterbacks coach, and I was the assistant receiver coach. And I said, you know, what's really important is a guy who has is tough and can catch the ball. And he's like, okay, you know, and then he's responsible for now an entire NFL team. And, you know, as we've got gotten, uh, Farther along in our career, it, you understand like what you mean by that when you have players like a Jarvis Landry or a Keenan Allen and you know guys that are really competitive, really tough who catch the ball consistently. Mm-hmm. It's an underrated talent, like just kept possessing the football when you're getting contact right. and doing it consistently. So first of all, I'm looking for 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 tough physical players you know guys that that are rough you know guys that, that can get in there and block mm-hmm. and guys that love to compete you know those are those are very important things and then catching the football it's in our job description at wide receiver you know everyone gets so enamored with all of these height weight speed and all these measurables you know all these right. 40 times and all that stuff but if you're putting the ball on the ground they we're gonna have to you know talk about sending you to uh-huh. so yeah you know, at this point in time you know it's you know, I call it the swimsuit competition. You know, that's that's over. The combines over. The draft's over. That's a swimsuit competition. Mm. We're we're in it now, and we're going. So I think those two things—being able to catch and possess the football, and and being physically and mentally tough—are are the building blocks. Those are prerequisites. Those are things that you must have to play at this have level. To.
0: Yeah, all the, all that other stuff goes out the window once you put the pads on. You just gotta catch the ball. <laughs> it, the it, ball. It's funny you bring up. Um, Jarvis and and Keenan, actually, I had a question about them. So, you know, you you have the opportunity to coach Keenan now and Jarvis when he had a phenomenal year. Um, I can't remember the exact year it was. He had over 100 uh, catches. But what do you think makes them so special? Like, what do they do different than other guys to perform at such a high level like that?
1: They're both very intelligent players. Mm -hmm. So, like, the game plan, you know, they master it. They know it. They know the details. They know the techniques. They know the counters. They know the the first plan, second plan, third plan of a release pattern. They understand what everybody else is doing on the field, where the running back is, and the progression as well. So, which he's going to pry open the the will linebacker when I'm running the wrap in. They understand the mm-hmm. schematic, how this whole play unfolds. They don't just know the route and the route depth. They understand how it all works together. They will block you into the earth physically too. So, mm-hmm. you know they, you better understand like what you're getting into when you have these two players standing in front of you and players of, 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 that, that top level, uh, competitive nature, you know, they, they don't want to give the bone away in every, in any play. So, um, you know, I think their competitiveness, their intelligence are two su- supremely underrated, uh, you know, aspects. they go hand
0: in hand for sure. sure. Absolutely. No, it's good to hear. Cause I, I'm always just curious that, you know, cause, cause you're around them all the time when you, and when you're in the NFL, everyone's, everyone's good, but you know, how are these guys, how are these great guys separating from the rest of the pack? Yeah, those are
1: the attributes i'm most proud of in those guys like the ones i brag on them the most about
0: right right i would brag too <laughs> um what what values or beliefs do you have um for your receiver core what, you know wherever you go that you take with you that like in, you install that into them
1: from player to coach or coach to player or what what do you, as far as
0: um, um
1: in the room you know is that what you're saying like
0: yeah kind of like what's important to you for for these guys to have just like your values and beliefs
1: yeah i think obviously we want we want the guys to be leaders you know some people lead differently Mm -hmm. so just promoting them in a leadership role some guys are very quiet some guys don't have Mm -hmm. verbose vocabulary so they're 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 inherently more introverted that doesn't mean they can't be a leader so i try to promote the leadership qualities within them so some guys Like, coach, I don't feel comfortable talking in front. Well, you go out there and you practice what you've been practicing and keep doing what you're doing. and You'll be able to quietly pull a young guy along. So just trying to promote their leadership, um, you know, in their own way, their own unique way. So, you know, whether it's leading by example or verbal leadership, you know, whatever they're comfortable with, just trying to get everybody to lead, you know, in Hmm. some capacity uh, in that room. Be students of the game, you know, be detailed, be fundamentally sound. Uh, making sure that people understand the why. So I'll try to do my best to not just go through the routes, but I'll explain to them the why conceptually, why these routes will work and why we're running them also in run game. If we're running, you know, a trap to the three technique or we're whamming the nose, I'll tell them what we're doing and why this is such a downhill run play, or This is what's going on here. So you got to get in your blocks more quickly. Um, you know, if for going outside runs, and this is what I want you to do from a technique standpoint because of the why here. So I think it's important to teach and, and make them accountable for the why, not just on their specific assignments, but as they progress, especially for multiple years with a, with a high level player, um, he might have the aspirations of becoming a football coach like Philip Rivers did today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if they know the why, they'll be more equipped to transition, which is a huge issue. For former players, transitioning to finding something that they value that gives them self-worth, and you can also pass value on to others. And then when you pass that value on to others, then it comes back to you and you don't even realize how good that's going to feel. So try to tell the why, if you have time on, on all of it, and especially over long off-season programs, we're on Zoom calls for hours a day. Mm-hmm. You know, explain the why to them, you know, and and eventually um, It'll just be second nature, just like their own assignments are. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
0: and it shows. And it shows that you care when you explain the why, you know. And they res- they respect you a lot more when you're not just, you know, you know, here's the answer, get out of here. You're you're actually ta- teaching them, um, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is that you're going over. Um, sure. So so you said with all the Zoom codes or uh, Zoom calls, how have you guys been operating like during this time? Just as as a core, is it just all Zoom calls? Just yeah, uh, like a- multiple times a week, just.
1: Yeah, every every morning, you know, we have a, the league mandated, you know, a certain specific schedule as we kind of go through this thing. So, you know, they have their special teams meeting, they, you know, so they'll get three Zoom codes. Boom, here's a special teams meeting, 8 to 8.30. They pop out, they get a 10-minute break. They might be in with, with Shane Steichen, our offensive coordinator, and he might have going over two-minute or whatever broad based uh, offensive uh, meeting for a brief period of time, 10, 15 minutes. That's in, and they're out of that meeting. Hey, take five minutes real quick grab a cup of coffee, we'll be back in here. And then boom, we're going through, you know, our teaching for the day, you know, the whole thing, the install. So that's, cool. basically, that's basically how it works. And we'll be in there, you know, until 10 a.m. and then they, they work out on their own and, um, you know, in their private facilities or at their home or, you know, obviously, John Lott, our strength coach, is an individualized approach that's focused on player safety and uh, being responsible mm-hmm. and from a social distance just, think, standpoint. So um, it's, we've been creative, you know, as an organization. You know, Coach Lynn has allowed us to be very creative with our virtual playbooks and our, our install. Mm-hmm. Seth Ryan is, uh, is the assistant in the receiver room, the number two. And he's done a really good job of being uh, creative and uh, intuitive at, by, in nature to some of the quizzes and testing and some of the ways that we can make it fun and competitive in the room from a retention uh, standpoint and making it interactive with, with the guys. So, um, you know, it, it's been – at first, I was resistant to it because nobody particularly likes change. Um, right. and this, is not, you know, this is not the same. It's not the same, but, it, you know, if you're creative and you're open-minded mm-hmm. and you have a young assistant like Seth, um, right. you know, we bounce ideas off of each other. And, and you know, he's made me a better coach because I've understood some of the, the, the technological things that, that we can use to be really good teachers. So um, I think it's only going to enhance what we're bringing to the meeting room when we get back yeah. in there together.
0: Yeah, no, uh, I think, you know, it's a great time for people to just kind of sit back. Like, we have an excuse to not be able to go out. Like, it's a great time to sit back and learn and do other things. Like, this is a time where, um, you know, successful companies and people can still be successful through tough times. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what they, they so I, The company I work for right now, that's where our CEO said so, you know, good businesses survive in tough times. So it's great. kind of the same thing where, you know, this is not easy for you guys, but we can make it happen. We got, we got virtual calls. If we were a couple of years back, you guys wouldn't be able to do this. Right. So. <laughs> somebody,
1: somebody's going to come out of this meeting time ahead of another team, so
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's competitive in nature. And in, in, the, in right. the, all thirty-one other teams are are doing the same thing. So uh, we we're trying to understand that. Like the more we can teach our players, and more creative in the, in the different mm-hmm. ways that we can implement our our strategy,
0: it's going to help us when we hit the grass here soon. Absolutely. Yeah. And I and I was you brought it up briefly. I was I was curious because I see a lot of these guys that's working out with you know, random trainers and, and whoever their guy is. But I didn't know if, like, if you're putting together workouts for these guys or is it just kind of like, hey, we, we talk and communicate with what we need to and then you guys can also just go do your thing.
1: I think it's a collaboration. So they know the, the fundamentals that, that we teach and how we teach it. Right. Um, they have – a lot of guys have – I mean, we always did as players too. We had a place that we went and trained in the offseason. There's a social aspect mm-hmm. to that as well. I mean, they have teammates right. friends and college players that they've amassed over you know a decade or more of football um at a high level so a lot of times guys go and train together and you learn from each other and you have you know a lot of times i've met the the privatized coach you know and mm-hmm. was able to collaborate and just talk philosophically oh i know this guy and he does a really good job yeah um, you know so there's a trust factor uh that's associated with you know coach to coach again obviously um, you know, I trust that they're going to do a great job with them and have their best interest in heart. We're all professionals. We're all doing a job. Um, so I think that that's always been something that's, uh, you know, then again, you know, these guys, you know, Coach Lot's going to tell them exactly what they need to work on, you know, to increase their hip mobility, flexibility, lower body strength, upper body strength. So they have check marks to, to, that they can hand um, to their off-season coach as well, and their off-season coach can give them some, again, more ideas, new ideas, you know, things that mm. they can do, and working together, I think having that synergy, understanding that right. we have one player, and hey, and we are both responsible to help this guy get to as high a mm. level as we possibly can to be, so as long as everybody's on the same page, right. safety is the number one job we have, so if uh-huh. we're doing it safely, I think then then we're all after the same thing, and and, and not two dogs fighting over one bone think yeah. that's a necessarily a good approach to have.
0: I love hearing that from you, you know, not worrying about your egos. You know, at the end of the day, you guys want these guys to get better. It's all about them. So being able to build a relationship with that trainer, you know, because – because it's easy for, you know, him to be like, ah, oh, man, you know, we're doing our own thing or, you know, for an NFL coach to say, you know, I'm his coach. I'm at this level. Like, yeah. you know, stay away from my guy. So I love hearing that from you about just, well, I you think, know.
1: I think that you just have <laughs> to understand the nature of the private coaches. I mean, there's, they have a, I know like Chip Smith and guys I worked with when I was coming out. Uh, I love these guys, you know, like they, they were like, they had my back at a time where I was just trying to like figure out, you know, how to do my own laundry <laughs> and balance a checkbook. Yeah. Like they have like a, a role. I've known these guys for almost twenty years. Twenty years now. Um, wow. So you know, you just have to understand that like you're their coach. So it's going to be like they their scheme football coach, where it's correction, correction, correction. Good job. Correction, yeah. correction, correction. Good job. When you go to these privatized centers, you're just working. You know, there's not there's right. No right or wrong. They're not doing scheme work. Not digging out the safety. And <laughs> yeah. coverage, you know? They're working out. Everyone likes to work out. You know, yeah. <laughs> at, at that age, especially at your own pace and. You know, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a different deal. So if you understand fundamentally what they're providing, it, it's a different energy. So why Definitely. am I going to go head to head? And uh, like you can learn from everybody. I literally go mm-hmm. on a Zoom call uh, with Mark Kurtz that are, uh, and other like eight or ten other high school coaches. And I just listen to them, you know, mm-hmm. and just learn. Football. So, if you have a huge ego and you think that you can't learn from anybody, regardless of what they're doing and what capacity mm-hmm. you're doing, you are doing it, if they're doing it privately or or they're doing, uh, you know, uh, high-level offensive coordinator work at the high school level or or FCS level. How, what makes them be less qualified to tell me right. about a, a scheme and why you're running? If you can tell me the why, we're running that to the nine technique, or hey, that's versus cover two, mm-hmm. RPO, and we have an overloaded box, and we're going to uh, read that will overhang will linebacker. You know, so if you can tell me the why, I okay, you know what, we get that look as well. So I think that that's something that in time, as you get more mm-hmm. experienced, you, know, you don't just huddle up and grab everything and say, this is mine. You, you have enough confidence that mm-hmm. you add value to your receivers in your own way. There's other people in the world that can add, a, add value to your players, not just you as well. So, and again, the collective bargaining agreement dictates that I have to let these these guys, they're like my sons, but I gotta let them go from, you know, all after right. the last playoff game is, is over. Um, I don't get them back till April 20th this year, you know? And then the first yeah. two weeks is just, it's not even uh, on the field work with me, it's all school. So that's a significant amount of time. To, you know from fe- basically February to April that's a significant right. time that you're that you're separated from them, so I hope that you would trust the person that they're working with over a three or four month
0: period of time I really like and, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to start this so, so i 've been calling this coach talk you know one for me to learn, and also you know I get tons of messages too from young g a s and stuff like, hey, you know how do I do this and that and I was like, you know I need to start talking with these more experienced coaches that everyone can learn from. So, you know, a lot of guys are going to watch this and learn a ton of things from you. And um, like you said, like you can learn from anyone at any level. I mean, I go on Twitter every day and I swear I learned something new. Like I walk away with like five new buzzwords and I'm following guys like you, college coaches, high school coaches. So it's, it's, it's a fun way just to collaborate and just learn from everyone. At the end of the day, the goal is the same thing for everyone. Everyone's trying to make these guys successful. So
1: Yeah, we're trying to advance the game. So I feel like you have a responsibility if you're in a position, you know, like the other 31 coaches that I've had a, the privilege of, of getting to know over the years at, at coach receivers at this level. I mean, it's an honor and a privilege to be here, mm-hmm. you know. So try to advance the game with your information. As long as it's not schematic and, you're, you know, it's not a, an advantage from a – X's and in the words proprietary information that you and your staff are using in a game right. plan situation. If it's fundamentals and technique that could help young receivers get more out of, out of their athletic career, you know, my nature is not to just huddle around the information. You know, again, I mm-hmm. love to watch the, the clips on Twitter that you guys have and the, the, the <laughs> steps and the different words and the buzzwords. I love seeing them. some of the ones I'm using. Some of the ones I said, oh, I like that term. That's a good term. You know, like, right. I, like I, I like listening to people. I mean, that's you know that's that's really how you can can grow in this profession because if, if you're talking all the time you're not learning anything mm-hmm.
0: yeah and how, how do you kind of keep things fresh? I mean is it kind of just like you were talking about where just because you've been you know fourteen years or so and and it's all kind of the same thing just how do you you know where, where do you are you do you have any resources that you go yeah. to constantly look for stuff or just how do you keep it fresh
1: yeah so there's there's a lot of really good coaches in this league. And, from a, and we really do a good job of collaborating and sharing technique and ideas, you know, and drills. So, like, for example, I'll tell you, like, a, a good story about um, Adam Henry. Um, he's the receiver coach for the Cowboys. Now, he had Jarvis and Odell in college. So I went down to the LSU Pro Day in 2014. So I get down there and I said, hey, can we watch some practice tape together? Because I wanted to see how they practice. You know, because mm-hmm. like obviously they were high draft picks and they you were know, very successful. But again, you know, if I'm going to stand at the table for a guy, I want to know how he works. You know, right. I want effort. So I, I, uh, we sat there with Adam and he showed me a bunch of drills. So I said, man, I like these drills. So we were, were we were installing some some new pass concepts, some new techniques uh, from a numbers-based passing offense. And he was in a numbers-based passing offense. So we just looked at some drills. I stole a few drills and uh, just some different techniques. So I got so much out of that, that one visit, so I call that technique chaining your drills. So when you're having an individual drill, not only do you have a stance and start and you just go off the ball, once you've taught the foundation of all your different techniques, chain the drills over and over again so you can have a stance and start, a release, a square cut, a speed cut, an acute comeback, and then maybe a speed cut going out and a toe drag or a, a tight in cut, a square cut in, where you catch the ball, high and tight ball security, late lock on a stiff arm, that's chaining your drills together all right mm-hmm. so that was one thing that that i uh, i wanted to really do a great job of that so like when I, when I go to a pro day i try to chain my visit so i'm going there to evaluate mm-hmm. players but i'm also trying to learn from coaches so i try to get there a day early fly in a day early and ask a lot of questions um to that position coach like what are you doing for drills Can of see your drills and just always citing my sources say hey i'm gonna take that one you know and yeah <laughs> and you might end up taking a drill and building it within another drill so just taking components of different things and learning so i try to keep it fresh by collaborating with other really well respected coaches that do it really really well as well
0: yeah it's funny you say that you know you, you you do a drill and then while you're doing the drill you're like oh we can remove that cone and do this or you know we can work a release here instead it, it it's funny how you can just combine everything um yeah, really chain I love that chaining that together. I'm gonna steal yeah. that from you.
1: <laughs> it's no problem. And I'll then, source you too. <laughs> yeah, cite your sources and people never get angry. So, but again, I'll go to Keenan and i was say, Hey, this is what we're gonna do an individual and I'll pull it up. I might have a video about when we did it, a drill in Buffalo or we did it in Miami. And I'll be hey, what do you think about this? And I'm like, what if I think I take this and then I put the next clip and I said, What if we add this at the end? And you're like, I don't know if I want to do that one today. Why don't we do that one um, you know, in you know, OTAs because that was going to be a lot of my legs. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. I don't want to crush you today. So you just have to talk back and forth and that's, that never really happened, but Mm. just, you know, you've got to communicate with these guys or like, Hey, what do you want to work on? Releases. Okay. We need releases coach. And I want to work sideline toe drags today. Okay, cool. Let's do stand, start, release, square, speed, speed, boundary. I'll pin you the boundary Seth. pin them to the boundary, make them do the two foot toe drag swag and we're rolling through the drill. So listen to them. And have an answer. So I always talk about um, you're like a, a physician That and your players have different ailments. Each one is individual. So when a guy comes into your urgent care, if you're a physician, they're coming in there because they need your help right away. So mm. each player has different problems and need to work on certain things. So you've got to be able to write that prescription and hand it to them. And They need to get better. Right. But, you know, so that's essential. You should watch your tape. Like, okay, I need... Uh, we didn't do real well in these these three areas i'm going to make sure for sure tomorrow my drills reflect the deficiencies that that practice tape are uncovering
0: that's fine i swear you're answering all the questions i have one of the questions was like how do you operate like like do you do you take notes on specific players like i was just curious like or do you freestyle like like the day before like okay you know from from last practice i think we need to work on square cuts and and, um, you know, maybe we do cuts, or do you have like a set plan, like going into OTAs Go like this week, we're doing this, we're doing that. Like kind of just, how, how do you, um, how do you decide what you're going to do? Like, is it all laid out or do you just have a, a full notebook of, of drills and you just kind of take pieces yeah. whenever you need them? So
1: at the first, the first two weeks, I have a, a an Excel spreadsheet and I got to check all these, their individual fundamentals, you know, okay. Stand, start, stock, inside run, outside run, protection collection, you know, all the different, you know, Uh, rewash all the different techniques I need them to know I install those individually so there might be like six in a 10 minute period There might be 10 in a 15 minute period where we're just we're hitting them they're very simple but I want to make sure they understand what I'm asking for you know so I build this foundation it's one page of an Excel spreadsheet and I know which ones I do make sure we hit all those so Mm -hmm. from those we will chain all those different individual activities and movements and functional movements and techniques and fundamentals into what our individual period would be. So after I look, after we start going competitive, so for the first two weeks, if we're just on our own. There is, you know, two, right. three weeks, there is no there is no defense in front of us. So we build the foundation, we frame the house up. You know, we got the foundation, mm-hmm. we got it. And then at that point, once the house is framed up, now you pick out your interior. You know, you got the, the granite countertops right. and the stainless steel, <laughs> you know, that's individualized. That's good way so, to put
0: it, yeah. So
1: each person gets to pick out, you know, what they want, you know, and obviously some people like different things and, or need different, work on different things to do things naturally some guys just speed cut like they came out the womb whack, whack, speed cut. so we don't right. need to do you know so that's you know we just keep those sharp some guys they just can't speak cut. they're tall they're raising up and they're just, <laughs> everyone's they're, different they're, yeah years you know running out there so we just got to work on different things so typically the tape will tell us what we need to work on and then the benefits of another two things that are really good about this the way that we work this is our third year together seth and i so i'll say hey seth what do you think we need to work on today so I give him some voice and some ownership and and, and, he'll, and he'll tell me okay well I think we need to do this and nine out of ten times I say that's a good idea you're right mm-hmm. and uh, because Again, what is the first thing we talked about? Telling them the why. So, Seth, why we want to do that drill? Oh, because, you know, we didn't do a great job. You know, you know we were way too high on our, our arm over. We are all up on the forearm. I wanted them down on the wrist on our side of the drill, so I want to make sure we go over that again. And I said, yeah, you're right. I saw that too. Let's work that again today. Um, so I think that's really important that you – also ask, you know, if you have a number two in the room or somebody who's like a GA, if someone's working with you, yeah. give them give them a voice. You know, if, if you train, like the first year, obviously I didn't ask them as much as I do now being in the third year, because hopefully if you're training them correctly and they're smart and they're intelligent and they're passionate and they're hungry and they have great work ethic like Seth, they'll get better. So they'll be able to, four eyes are better than two, you know, and oh, you should have turned it with your assistant coach, you know, letting them talk in the room, you know, like give them a voice. You'd be surprised you know how far though people yeah. will go if if you if you encourage them you know to be to be, mm-hmm. to, to be a, a teacher in their own
0: way and they'll spark ideas for you bouncing around ideas sure. I mean like the, the, the company I'm at now uh, before you know about a month ago I was the one and only designer there and we just brought in someone new and now just like it's like a whole new world you know four eyes we're bouncing around ideas and this so I can only imagine you know in a football office having another you know NFL guys that know their stuff and having another coach. just, just that collaboration just sure. bounce around ideas just constantly learning. So I, I can imagine that.
1: I mean, I would, I would imagine that Google and Twitter and, these, and Peloton, these companies are doing well. I'm sure that they'll just sit in their own little offices in Cuba no. and cubicles just flush ideas out. I'm certain that they're collaborating and they're discussing Definitely. the think tank and they're bouncing ideas off and it's loose and it's, you know, you, you don't want people to feel afraid to be creative. You know, so that's, mm-hmm. that's the second thing is be creative. Like, it will get stale if you say, okay, well, well, well McGagan gave me this, this pack packet, his manual, and we're going to stick to that. Like, that's not what Heartline's doing. Heartline's mm-hmm. being creative. He's like, man, I'm, he's putting his own spin on it. Right. And what, what you're getting is one of the best receiving cores in the nation. You right. know, because he's played at Ohio State. He's played in the NFL. He's creative. He's young. He's, like, those are all things that you got to nurture. you got to bring that out of people. When they're, when they're in your room, you know, whether it's your players. And if you don't think mm-hmm. you can't learn from your players, you know, of different things, like you have a Greg Jennings in, in your room when I, you know, I'm mm-hmm. receiver coach for the Dolphins. You don't think Greg Jennings knows a thing or two? Or Chad mm-hmm. Johnson or Anquan Bolden? Right. You know? I mean, <laughs> what are you talking about? So um, I think it's it starts with you, you know. Are mm-hmm. you willing to ask anybody and everybody what they think?
0: Ultimately, and you don't want expect- people to be scared of speaking out too. Like a lot oh, of people absolutely. hold back. Like they don't want to speak up if, you know, they're – you know, that was a stupid question. You know, you want, you want to have that free, free speech that people can just be like, hey, comfortable, like, Hey coach, you know, we, we should try this or, you know, whether that's your assistant coach too. So yeah, yeah that, I mean, that's very important.
1: And I like, and again, you got to teach people like, okay, the appropriate time to have input is when it, we're in the air conditioning. Like when we're on the grass, that's not, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah. you know, if you have an input, like anybody have any questions, problems, or concerns, they blow out of the meeting room. Okay. You know, like, or guys like, Hey, can we do, you know, so, Give them a t- chance to talk, but when we get in the grass, we know what it is, you know like yeah. get out know. there yeah. yeah they know they know <laughs> what it is. It, it, it is, you know we're all we're all those types it of people. so it. It, so but again, we collaborate and all that stuff is fun, but when we hit the grass, it is that's the point. all it's business like, yeah so we hit the, just like in a game like we, we give people a lot of you know uh leeway and input as we build a game plan throughout the week where we adjust techniques and splits and and all types of things throughout the week. But when we hit the grass on Saturday for that walkthrough, it is done. You know, the game mm-hmm. plan is ready to go. And, and Sunday we got to execute. we all got to be unified. The time for freelancing yeah. and having your opinion, that was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You know, we're, we're going to have the, the chance. So, I mean, I think it's, it's creating an environment where people can be creative. They're not afraid to voice their opinion, but also having order and when the appropriate times to express that. You know, our doors are always open in the offseason. They're always open in practice time. They're always open, mm-hmm. you know, training camp. They're you know, always open Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, and Friday. Right. We, we all get on the same page. You know, we've had some really, really good players here, some Hall of Fame guys that, right. you know, have been at, at this, this program. So to think that you're the coach and they're the player and you can't learn from them after they've been playing this for 15 years, is nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. you, you got you got to collaborate. And again, the, the good ones respect the player-coach relationship. And the good coach is respected as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And the players will work harder when they, when they like the coach. We've all, we've all been around a coach that we loved and one that we weren't so fond of. And you know how much harder you work when you, when you love the coach and respect them. You, you'll go that extra mile.
1: Agreed. And, and, I get that. And you know when you like your players and you really care about them, you know how, how much later you'll stay in that office <laughs> yeah, trying to find right. one more route that's going right. to get them a third down <laughs> conversion. You know?
0: So, so you knows, get the text from your wife.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're all human beings. You got, we got families at home, and if you love your players, you know the way that, that you know the way that they that that you do. You know, it's you're, it's funny. You just you really care about getting them yeah, every possible thing. You know, right. so we're all human beings. So it's helpful when you're respectful to one another, and, and you have respect for each other as men. You know,
0: first. Right. <laughs> yeah, I love all that. Uh, I w- I'll switch it up a little bit. I'm curious Perfect. at how the virtual draft was for you how that was any different?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously it's challenging and, and that's you know, a general manager question and all those things. So, oh so we handled that really well. Our IT department was fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. what they were able to do and, and, and get everybody done. with uh, with getting our, our information to all our respective coaches so we could still be here in our living rooms and we could be breaking down tapes and typing reports on each of these draft eligible players, I thought we we did an excellent job as an organization, especially the support staff, people that mm-hmm. don't get any credit for what they do. And, right. like they, and they're not the most highly compensated people in the building, but they are unbelievable and they are invaluable. Well off. Unbelievable what they did. Um, they didn't miss a beat. I mean, we're talking about, you know, we're meeting off site. We're, we're dropping uh, laptops and hard drives in the car. He's driving off. I'm picking it. I mean, it's, you know, we were mm-hmm. responsible with our social distancing. We were sterilizing the materials. We were sending them back in. We were we were very uh, proactive about staying ahead of the curve with the information and how it needed to be disseminated to our position coaches right. and staff. Um, and without them, that's the one thing that I took from this, is that some people uh, I want in my foxhole, you know, going right. forward by the way that they handle this pandemic situation.
0: Yeah, and, and, and that it went pretty smooth for – for the amount of work that had to go behind that with all the technology, the cameras and everything, I thought it went pretty smooth. I mean, a lot of people enjoyed it.
1: Um, I I agree.
0: Yeah, and and off that, you know, what were some specific things that stuck out to you about um, Joe Reed and K.J. Hill? Like, because there was other guys, you know, like what are some things that stuck out that you loved from both those guys?
1: Yeah, so just, you know, Joe Reed is an unbelievable person. Mm -hmm. He was a very dynamic kick returner. You know, very productive college player, fantastic young man, you know, great family, great background. Just, you know, it's hard not to see him being successful at mm-hmm. this, this at this level. And we're really excited about him you know, coming here and competing and adding value to this roster. And then, you know, K.J. Hill, another ultra-productive uh, receiver at Ohio State, you know, very high up in every single category at mm-hmm. Ohio State. Um, you know, just, just a remarkable young man. Again, a hardworking kid out of Arkansas. Great family, um, excited about him. You know the way he's able to work in the slot and the way he's able to go outside and, and, and have, like, his learning, his, his intelligence. So those guys, you know, I, I just—they're really good football players. You know, mm-hmm. they're really—I agree. So when you have really good football players and really good people, and we already have a really good group of good football players and good people that are very productive in this league at this point, that's what you want. And Tom Telesco added unbelievable people. And really good football players to this roster and that that he
0: deserves mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. So so for the for the guys coming in, like what's the starting point for you know a rookie coming into minicamp? Like where do you even begin with them?
1: Yeah, so we tell them about the expectations, you know, and right. a whole bunch of rules. It's just how we're gonna how we're gonna how mm-hmm. we're gonna learn and how we're gonna communicate and what you what to expect. You know, what's expected of me, coach? Like what do I have to do? to do a good job. So we, we just clearly communicate the standard and what the standard is and how to meet it or exceed it. Those types of things, we do a good job of explaining that. And then we go right into that general information section of the playbook, huddle, snap count, formations, motions, shifts. I mean, you just start going. Because if you can't line up, you can't play.
0: I'll probably ask this question for really every interview I do. Because um, you, you coach at the college level, coach at the NFL. Um, what do you look, and I get this question a lot from, from younger guys, um, you know, what do you look for in a, in a high school player going into college?
1: Yeah. So the first thing is, can they, can they go to class and do the schoolwork? You know, because <laughs> if they're not available, you know, then, you know, like what I'm not, I'm, we're not in this for kinder care and romper room where I'm giving you three hots in the cot and you're just not available because you're suspended or, or you're not handling, be a man, be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. So do they have a, a history of truancy and, you know, are they painting pain in the rear to all their people in their community, in their town, or are they a joy and a delight for their high school head coach? So right away, like, what am I getting? Same thing, like, what's, what's the standard, what's the expectations? So I think it's important to just be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there, all right? And, and the proper, you know, learning demeanor when you get into a meeting room, like what type of maturity level are we dealing with here? I think that's really important to understand. And then, you know, after you get through, like, the character portion, just saying they've checked all the boxes, you know, what, what type of uh, athlete do you have? On, what are the, the, the strengths and what are the weaknesses? So a lot of times guys come out of high school when they go to college, they've done something one thing really well. They've been a high-point jump ball guy. They've right. been a lateral quickness, shake guy in the slot, wearing guys out. We want you just do that this year really well, just like you did in high school, and we're going to round out the the rough edges of your game in all these different areas and it will come, you know, and you might be registering, you might be starting. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but here's where we are. And these are the things that you did really well last year. And let's just keep doing that one thing. Awesome here at this level. All right. And just do that one thing. And then there's 50 other things Mm -hmm. that we're going to get you better at. And they will all come at different times throughout your, your career here in college.
0: Yeah. It's amazing how much you learn that first year of college. You know, you, you think you're good and then you come around, you know, 10 other guys are just as good as you. And mm-hmm. now, now it's, how do you, how do you separate yourself? You know, what, you really get into the details because before, you know, half of the guys don't even go on to play college and, you know, you can just run, you know, your four, six down the field, catch the ball, score a touch. But now when you get to the next level, it's like, you know, how do how do I keep advancing? How do I get better? Where are the details? And, and, and most of the time, the college coaches are better than the high school coaches, So you're, you're taking in more details and everything. So. Yeah, that, that, that's great insight because I, I get that question so much from younger guys. Just how, how, do I, how do I play college football? What do coaches look for? Um, so, yeah, they, they love that stuff to hear. Um, and, and so kind of stepping away from the coaching side, have, have you had a chance to check out the new stadium? Uh, we took a
1: tour in the summer of 2018, I believe and uh it was just had you know it was like a quarter of the way done and we've gotten renderings and um, right. videos and things like that and i guess it's you know nearing completion so i um, excited about that
0: yeah because like i said i'm graphic design so i saw the, like the new stadium you guys did all new branding like they hook you guys up with some some new gear like you got the new uniforms everything like, you guys are gonna be looking good this year <laughs> yeah, once we get
1: back in there, I mean, right now, I mean, it's just, I've been in my, my kitchen and living room and for the last basically two <laughs> months of things like so. I mean, there'll probably be a lot of interesting things that when yeah. we get to the facility that we can, we, that'll give you a little bit of juice, you know, it'll be exciting.
0: Yeah, where's, where's the stadium at? Is that, I, I thought I was right somewhere. It's it next to the old forum. So is that by the airport-ish? Correct.
1: Yeah, I mean like yeah. if you're if you're on a descending flight in LAX there's yeah. a high probability you're going to see SoFi gotcha. Stadium.
0: Yeah, I um I lived in LA for a year. 2018 mm-hmm. I lived there. So of course, yeah. you know, as soon as I move, you know, you guys are you guys are there and and you know, LeBron and the Lakers are there. Yeah. So I I got I got to get back out to LA for a game. Okay. I get- <laughs>
1: a lot of good sports out here. A lot, a, lot yeah. good, a lot of good coaches, a lot of good a lot, a lot, Go lot of good information.
0: Yeah, well, Coach, I, I appreciate your time today. I know we're, we're running on close to an hour, so sure. I don't want to take too much time out of your Friday, but I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I've learned a lot um, from you. So, you know, thanks for supporting the page, taking the time out of your yeah, day. Yeah, of
1: course. You guys do a great service for, for the receiver community. Thank you. you know, you're trying to advance the game. You have camps. You know, the, these things are an invaluable service to, to what we're all trying to do. Right. So, we're all in this community together. We're all interconnected, you know, and that's just the way that it has to be. So I really appreciate you bringing me Absolutely. onto this program. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we're able to, yeah. to get some of the questions or anything that you needed from, from, from me. Oh, yeah. I'm always here as a resource.
0: A lot of knowledge. So a lot of guys, including myself, and a lot of guys are going to learn a lot from from seeing this. So, again, thank you.